What is leadership power and how does it influence our presence? Welcome to another episode of Relearning Leadership, where we explore a specific leadership challenge and break it down to help improve your leadership, your organization, and maybe even your personal life. I'm Pete Behrens, and today we're gonna to explore power and presence. So let's dive in. Now, our Agile Leadership Journey uh, community of guides uh, holds a book club about every six weeks where, you know, we select a book, we read a book, uh, come and talk about the implications of that book related to topics that we, you know, as coaches might uh, run into. And, you know, it's meant to be a low pressure affair, even if guides don't uh, read the book, they're welcome to join in the dialogue. Uh, we figured, you know, it's a just a curious learning environment. Well, one of these sessions recently was being facilitated by one of our guides in the community. And um, at the beginning of the session, she uh, made a self-deprecating joke um, as we were still all gathering on Zoom. And the irony that she was drawing out was uh, she was presenting slides uh, when our conversation was about control. And I thought that was kind of funny. And, and so I may have piled on the, the humor a little bit, thrown in a joke. Uh, I don't remember exactly what was said, but um, you know, overall, the, um, I thought the discussion was good. It was rich. We had some interaction. She showed some, some perspectives of the book. And you know, I, I felt like it was a great, uh, a great session. Until, that is, uh, about two, three hours later. At that point, I got an email in my inbox uh, that I'd like to maybe just read, uh, not exactly the quote, but, but the essence of, of what, was, what was said to me. At the end of our meeting, I felt shaky and uncomfortable. It took me a minute to pinpoint what happened and what I wanna share my perspective and understand yours. Continues, I'm curious to know what your intention was when you made the not so positive comment at the outset of the meeting about my using slides in the presentation as a way to control the meeting and not leaving space to open dialogue uh, and emergent dialogue. I heard that I'm too controlling. It shook my confidence to a point where I felt I had to justify myself throughout the meeting. I was second guessing everything I was doing and saying. Ouch, All right, that email hurt. What do you do when you get an email like that in your inbox? Uh, you know, I was certainly disappointed uh, in myself, right? Uh, I know jokes are probably not the place to bring to work, especially you know, I'm not a professional joke teller. You know, and you add in the culture, uh, gender, race, language, diversity we have in our community, and, you know, it's just ripe for, for misinterpretation. But I was just most importantly, I guess, disappointed in how it was perceived and, and impacted her. And the fact that I was just, I was aloof. I, I had no idea the bomb that I, I put out there. At the same time, though, I was proud. She had the courage to confront me, to send me that email. Now, it wasn't in the meeting, but she showed courage to share. That, that means there's some safety in our environment, at least some degree, that she felt okay 
to say, hey, Pete, I didn't feel okay. And that's, I think, something to be proud of, even if it's just a single example of that. Now, as the founder of the Agile Leadership Journey, I hold a lot of default power. Now, power is defined as the capacity or ability to direct or influence others, right? So power comes from a number of characteristics, right? Title and position are typical ways we think about power. I'm an owner and a founder of our community. But power also comes from cultural norms like race and gender and even physical characteristics. You know, I'm a 6'4", white, male, American. And whether or not I attribute power to that, others perceive power. I mean, power is always present. In fact, power is a presence as others interpret and perceive that, right? Whether we intend that or not. Now, you can think about power as a polarity uh, between two pole ends, uh, what we call assertive and accommodative. Now, assertive power is rooted in me, right? It's rooted within. It's I speak. It's my opinion. Uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to step in. I'm going to use my voice. I might even cut you off <laughs> from your voice, right? The assertiveness is coming from me to you. It's rooted in what I need. Now, the other side of that, the accommodative power, is rooted in others. It's rooted in your voice, your needs. Um, you step forward. You share opinions. But what that means for me is I defer. I step back. I, I cede you know, some of that space to you. I open the door for you, right? Accommodative others come before me. And so when we think about this power style, like... Every interaction has this polarity at play. You know, this, this is not something you can get away with. It's not something that's, that's void. It's, it's happening all the time. And it's not necessarily, you know, one and then the other or the other and then one. Think about this as a dynamic that's, that's going on dozens of times through different engagements. Now, success in power comes from what we consider the balance, right? How we have both assertive and accommodative. And, you know, balance is one of these funny words. You think, okay, balance is a state. But no, balance is an action. It, it's a continuous, I'm out of balance and I'm correcting. I'm out of balance and I'm correcting. And so when you think about balance that way, even in a five-minute conversation, we can be demonstrating assertiveness and accommodativeness, and many oftentimes we do. Now, getting back to my email, I'll read again here a little bit about what I was, um, uh, what, how I responded to her and kind of how this um, played out. My response was that uh, it covered a few things. Number one, I thanked her for her courage to share. Without her sharing, this would have been one of those issues gone into the dark, right? It would not have been, I, I was aloof. I was unaware that this even occurred. 
you get a couple episodes of this. This is how you spiral into disengagement and, and distrust in, in relationships. And so the fact that she could bring this forward was incredibly powerful and, and wanted to, to reiterate that. But I also included an apology, misplaced joke, but more importantly, my aloofness and not seeing that, that bomb that I, I put out there and the impact it had. I also recognized and, and shared my default power and, and, and some of the aspects where my intention was not hierarchical. My intention was curious, co-creative. We're in this space. It's, it's a place I want to be a peer. But I recognize also that that's not always how it's perceived and, and wanted her to be aware of that. And finally, uh, it included a, um, uh, an offer to talk more. And we did, and, and in fact, even sharing this with our community as an example of what I would love to see more of in our community that, hey, this is okay. I'm not dictator here. I, I don't intend to be anyways. You know, and a note about mistakes. I'm not immune to mistakes. And in fact, I, I don't even try to avoid mistakes because I know they're gonna happen. Now, this is not an excuse to have mistakes. Rather, my goal is awareness and correction, just like the balance. My goal is if I can correct or be aware and correct sooner, the more likely we're going to have a, 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 healthy, a healthy, sustainable system. So this took hours, right? I was aloof. She made me aware. What if this took weeks? What if this took months? What if this never occurred, right? We get back into that spiral. But could we move this into minutes? Could she have called me out in the moment? Could we have that dialogue in real time, right? That's the nirvana of, of, of being able to create a space where power dynamic is flexible and, and constantly being negotiated. So while it's natural for us to look at mistakes, think about the silver lining. Think about what's positive that came from this. Like this was an example where we got a chance to learn because of that mistake, again, not excusing the mistake, but leveraging the mistake for learning and growth. So I want you to consider your default power. How are you showing up? What is your intention versus maybe how others might be seeing your power? You know, we all have that capacity to do both. You know, I can be assertive, I can be accommodative. I'm assuming you also have that capacity, but we also all have biases. I have a bias of assertiveness. It's easy for me to speak up, step in, jump in, take action. I can also step back, reflect, listen, ask questions. That takes work for me. That takes focus and intention. And so what's interesting is as I've coached many, many different leaders, I found there's just as many leaders out there who have a default bias of accommodative. Now, before you think that, well, that's better. <laughs> it's certainly more respectful, I agree. But when you lack some of the direction, some of the alignment, some of the influence, some of the urgency, it can be just as dysfunctional, just as problematic. And so I encourage you, whatever side maybe your default is, can you maybe start to identify an experiment to explore the weaker side, to improve your leadership overall. I thank you for joining me today and enjoy the journey. 
Relearning Leadership is the official podcast of the Agile Leadership Journey. Together, we build better leaders. It's hosted by me, Pete Behrens, with contributions from our Global Guide community. It's produced by Ryan Dugan, with music by Joy Zimmerman. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a review, or share a comment. And visit our website, agileleadershipjourney.com forward slash podcast for guest profiles, episode references, transcripts, and to explore more about your own leadership journey. 